hey, hey, dream builders. Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. Today, I have Sasha Sloshberg on my show. She is one of the founders of Good Marketing, along with her husband. And she and her husband believe that connecting good businesses with good clients is a good idea. They believe in having fun, prioritizing bold moves, and putting family first. They make business easier so we can all focus on the things that truly matter, our personal, generational, and community impact. I can't wait for you guys to meet Sasha right after this. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Can't wait for you guys to meet Sasha. Welcome Sasha to the show. Thank you. I love that you said you forgot to ask me what I do because it's because you're intuitive and you know that at this point, I'm always in that weird middle where I'm like, I don't know how to describe it either. So you just picked up on that is all. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, as long as it's on the sheet later for me to do the intro, <laughs> then we're good. So no worries there. But you bring up a good point because like in the coaching space, I think that there's so much pressure on us to say like, what is it that you do? And I think that as we start to evolve as human beings and, you know, as, as women too, that we're going to find that it's less about defining it and more about like, like feeling it. Right. And yes. so- I think that both you and I, we share in common that people are attracted to our energy and it's like, I'll figure out what she does later. Like, I just know that there's something about that, that like drives me mad. And like, I want to get in that energy. And then later on, I can tell you what it was. Is that, do you yeah. Remember? Yeah. It, it creates a very interesting, um, oh my gosh. It, it just creates this interesting thing about like, is it, is it possible that we then really sell one thing for a long time. Like, yes, we can. But I think it creates this fluidity. If people are coming to us based on what they like about us, then it also gives us this interesting, this interesting dynamic of shifting what it is that we're offering and how we're offering. And it feels like we're shifting on this continuum. And then the description of ourselves and the work also constantly has like, when we say continuum, it feels beautiful. It sounds beautiful, but it can feel murky if we're on the other end, explain, trying, attempting to explain ourselves. Yeah. And I think when you try to distill down the magic of what we do into copies, sometimes it loses some of that nuance, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. like you can't, and that's why I think, you know, there's been so much talk lately and, and fear about AI and you mm-hmm. see so many posts from coaches and it's interesting, you know, the dynamic of like, of of like projection, right? Because a lot of the coaches that are talking about AI suddenly clogging the space are the same coaches that clog the space, which (laughs) seems like maybe could be AI. I don't know. I know. But but it's interesting because there's this idea that somehow, you know, regurgitating information is going to take over the space. And it's like, but did you feel like that with Google? Because Google 
literally yeah. is a curation machine for everything there ever. Well, not a curation, but a, you know, a, um, yeah, it, I actually so like that. I like that descriptor of it because it is in some ways it's like, that's why it's, I think it's so funny that, that SEO is technically against Google's terms because they don't want you manipulating their own algorithm. But when you search anything, they are serving you a curated list. Like every algorithm is doing that. Well, not only that, you can pay them in order to get SEO. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, it's like, it's like the second we talk about the internet, it's like, everything nothing makes sense because there's the opposites of there's the polarities of everything and it's all true even on the internet like oh yeah you can't optimize it but you can optimize it and you can pay for it but you're not supposed to and then but ai is the same way with ai it's like okay if you pop something in to ai and you see what comes out i think why people get upset is it does sound like mediocre copy it right. sounds like it, but this is why also most people aren't able to grow their business online because they don't write in a way that stands out. Like if you can't stand out, then, then yeah, you're going to be intimidated by something that can churn out copy as well as you can. If your own copy can't be differentiated from AI, then yes, you're in trouble. Then you are in trouble and then be scared or change and evolve. And then I think it's one of those, the cream gets to rise to the top. and chat gpt is it's not worth worrying about if you are if you're already because the thing is is in some ways yes it's new in some ways it's new like yeah for the first time the mass public has access to large amounts of created content but there's been software that spins content or writes content for a decade and most people haven't noticed but that's why if you go and you search blogs and you'll see a bunch of blog articles that sound the same because it was already, people have been using content spinners for years. It's just that now, this has now reached, I would like to say the mass market, but it's not the mass market. It's just the online space widely knows about it now. But anybody who's been in SEO, for example, or in digital marketing has known about it already. And the majority of the public still has no idea about it. So it's just crossed the new threshold. But just like anything else, when something crosses a threshold, do we have to panic? Probably not. Innovate. <laughs> yes. Innovate or die. <laughs> yeah. The, what is it that Eric Coffer said? The, wait a minute. Um, the learners will inherit the world while the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. Fascinating and completely accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I feel like the way I use AI, right, because I'm just going to come out of the AI closet right now Mm -hmm. with technical writing, because I have attention deficit, because I am neurodivergent, I have a really hard time with technical writing. And so the AI has helped me to build outlines, to give myself a framework to fit my voice into. So that's been really good for me. Like when I go to write an email to my list about like, hey, just a reminder that this class is happening. My brain's like, it can't be that basic. Like we've got to put something in there and it overthinks trying yeah. to give the information. Whereas the AI is like, okay, here it is. Now take a couple of little, you know, flourishes and add them. And that's mm-hmm. been remarkable for me. And also with like idea generation too, like, especially for short form video. I mean, and my husband was telling, I'm, I'm totally going here tangent. So yes. yesterday, my husband was telling me this story about 
they did an experiment where they had, and you're probably going to be like, oh yeah, it's the blah, blah, blah experiment. Cause you know all this stuff, <laughs> I don't know. But basically they took these people and they had them clap a song to a bunch of people that they assumed would know the song. And even though it was a very popular song, the people that were hearing it clapped didn't recognize the song. And so what they determined was that you, when you know information, it becomes really quick that you take for granted that anybody doesn't know it, Mm -hmm. right? So these people were like clapping and they're like, oh, this is so easy. Like, of course you're going to get, and then they didn't. And they're like, how do you not know this? And it's like, well, and out of context, it doesn't make sense. But I think that one of the things that, you know, AI is kind of brought to the table is that there's so much information that we know as being coaches for a long time, as being in our, you know, respective areas that we take for granted that other people don't just know. Yeah. And so really going, okay, like I'm going to make, you know, TikToks, like, what should I say? Well, everybody knows Mm -hmm. that. Well, no, everybody doesn't know that. And if Mm -hmm. you're asking for a list of the top 10 tips around da, 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 three of those might be things that you're like, everybody knows that, but everybody doesn't know that. And so I think that's another example of AI being something that I think is powerful and helpful. Yeah. I was on a call recently talking about something and I mentioned URL and somebody in the chat was like, what's a URL? And I was like, oh, you forget. You really do. And so I do think that, that AI is really good for it's, I wouldn't use it for creating new things, but for helping distill, what are the foundational pieces? What are new ways for me to approach something so that I can better reach my audience or communicate something? I think it's beautiful for that, for naming, for it's, it's like having a brainstorming partner, mm-hmm. but for people that are using it to create blog posts, Google is, that's a, that's a terrible idea because Google can already tell, I'm sure Google can already detect what's AI written mm-hmm. and anybody who's using it to create content, it's going to do more harm than good because Google doesn't take manipulations of their system lightly at all. Right. No, not at all. One of the cool things that my husband um, and I were using it for, we, we tell the AI to become one of the people in our virtual masterminds, like some, mm-hmm. you know, cause like someone that's passed away mm-hmm. and have it speak to us in that person's voice. So it's like, I'm talking to Bob Proctor or I'm talking to Earl Nightingale. What? Yeah. And that's, been oh, really that's cool. wild. <laughs> so an idea I had, and don't you guys out there steal this my <laughs> idea, but an idea I had was creating a course on how to orchestrate your own virtual mastermind with, all of the people from history. That, oh my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. So like how to build that, how to build your own, you know, time traveling mastermind using AI where you mm-hmm. have the different voices that weigh in for you. I don't know if you could do them all at once, but you could definitely program it like, okay, voice A is this, voice B is mm-hmm. this. And then you're having a conversation with like, because every, I mean, you know, if you've read anything of Napoleon Hills, you know, all about the mastermind. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he employed in his mastermind, I think Neville Goddard did too, was people from the past that had passed on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like um, Wallace Waddles, I think. Um, And so looking at it from that perspective, like having those people in your back pocket, I mean, Oh, yeah, we have enough of their writing that we can distill it down to their conversations. That's wild. I was thinking about it even from a 
from a content creation perspective, just the act of curating the conversation and sharing each answer mm-hmm. for a for a blog or anything like that, like the name that comes to my mind. And I'm like, somebody please steal this because I'm not going to make it, but I would totally read it. Like the wisdom of the ages where it's like a question and then answers from because it is, it's like, there's only so much time in the day and you and I each with 73 children, like, I mean, Which only we are allowed to say, by the way, y'all, you cannot tell us you yeah. have 73 children. We can oh. say it about ourselves. Okay. Oh my gosh. Do you also, every time you leave the house get, wow, you have your hands full. <laughs> you know how that happens, right? Yeah. I'm right. I do. And you know what? It's going to happen again tonight. So see ya. <laughs> it's like people say it and every time I just act like I've never heard it before <laughs> yeah it's like multiple times so, multiple so times ridiculous. in a day I know and then I just think, but you know what I'd rather there be more of us than more of you so <laughs> good I'm like it's it's just funny it doesn't seem like that many kids to me no and you have one left but don't you I do yeah yeah just four yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem that much, but I go out and then when people, people's reaction, I go, Oh, I guess there are a lot of us. I just feel like, you know, I, I, I come with my own dinner party. Um, and that's our own walking dinner party, really just, they don't all have the most elegant manners yet, but we're working on it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so with all these people, I can't read literally all these books all the time. So for somebody to curate that, Oh, I yeah. think using AI for curation of ideas, of concepts, of like there is so it can do that. It can't. So yeah. my superpower that I wanted to have my whole life. When people are like, "What's your superpower?" I'm like, "I want to touch yeah. a book and have osmosis to just absorb yeah. it." All in my life. <laughs> but you can ask AI. You can be like, "Summarize chapter one of this book," and it will. Okay, that's fascinating. Now here's my question: because my my I know, there's ethical. I mean, but the whole thing is ethically. No, yeah, not to be like, oh, I'm not worried about ethics. I don't mean that. But what I do mean is like the thing about books, because I've looked at some of those executive summaries and what they don't distill is sometimes there's some books, it's just the knowledge, but some books there's actually a vibe that you're catching from reading it. And that isn't well distilled. Like sometimes I'll read a book and I'll be like, oh, it's not the concept. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's like, so, yeah, yeah, like Jen Sincero. Like you're like, oh my God, I want to hang out with you. Like never mind all the stuff okay. you're teaching me, right? Like that? Like, yeah. Like, yes. And Maybe so not her, like, but like that. Yeah. So that's the thing is, is like, because so, I can't even think of a, an example this second, but sometimes there's books that it just feels like a literal vibe and you do lose that piece in a summary, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. don't know but when it's the it's, more technical stuff, like Napoleon Hill, like if you wanted to read the science of getting rich or I know that's not Napoleon Hill, but this is how my ADHD brain works. It matches. What's it. the science of, oh, uh, oh, that's Wallace Waddle. Wallace Waddle. Science of getting rich. But I'm, I'm like, that think and grow rich is like, I would love to have that updated for modern day. It is. So, <laughs> it, wait. You know, yeah. You know, Sharon Lecter, um, she did, um, she was one of the co-writers of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And she yeah. is the person who rewrote um, uh, Outwitting the Devil. And that- I had the, no idea. Yeah. So she made a Think and Grow Rich for Women. That's literally mm-hmm. the book, but like redone. And there's also Think and Grow Rich for the next generation. And there's, it's like 
turned into a chicken I had thing. no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. I have like the the version that I bought and I read through like it was a textbook mm-hmm. when I was like 19. I still yeah, have that. I had no idea. It was it's totally a- <laughs> Yeah. And then you get to the part where he talks about sex transmutation and you're like, oh, hello, Napoleon Hill. Didn't see that coming a mile away. I I was a virgin. So (laughs) literally no recollection of that. Well, it's good. It's either chapter seven or 11. I can't remember, but it's definitely a good read. Um, And yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. I must read. I must find the new version of the book. Oh, I'm writing this on my my to-do list. Which yeah. is woefully unorganized. Woefully right unorganized. Now. I love it. It is a um, mess. Okay, so wait. So we're supposed to talk about things. So yes, I don't so, even know what we're discussing. I know. I don't even. I don't either. And we just we just have so much fun when we hang out, right? So Sasha and I, we're like we're like biz besties. We're in the yes. same mastermind program type thing, and we yes. just chat all week long about how neither one of us has done the whole thing. <laughs> basically how we relate to each other like so did you do this nope sure didn't (laughs) oh good I'm not alone like that's that's how that's how effective we are y'all and that just goes to show you that you can be wildly successful in your business with a whole heap of little ones and never get anything done (laughs) like if that doesn't show you that energy trumps strategy because I'm team energy I don't I don't know oh yeah well, it's like sometimes I'll say sometimes we w- one of the two of us will just be completely have it down and then distill it for the other one. And then sometimes it's like it's like the, when you're the A student where the score comes easily and you go, you know, I just didn't read this unit at all, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. I'll be ready. I'll be ready for the next one. That's and then everybody's of- looking at you like, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> like who? Who knows? Who who knows? But well, then sometimes okay. it's like we're talking till like one in the morning, or which is you know three your time. Your time. One in the morning, your yeah. Time. Three time. in the morning, my time. One in the morning, yeah. my time. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, I think I need to go to bed. I'm like, really, Sasha? Really? You say that? Like, really? Almost time for me to start my day. <laughs> yeah. Except it's not because I um I unschool and so my kids don't get up till eleven. It's fine. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, it's delicious. Unschooling is the best thing that we ever did. Seriously, when our kids all grow up and like marry each other, although I don't know, we have too many. We don't have. Well, no, we have. We have enough boys. You, it'll, it'll work. <laughs> but um, like they're the best conversations because my kids are just so creepy. Like they're just creepy. yes. That's okay. So my my uh, six year old is very into creepy things, and so rather than try to make him feel bad or whatever, I'm like, I was like, did you know that there's people that's how they make their living is they write creepy stories. He's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my ten year old is insistent that she's from another planet. She's oh. a whole language. She oh, that's is. Impressive. She's just a whole a whole vibe that one. And all my kids, it's so cool. All my kids grew up with like, you know, new age culture or whatever. So everything with them is like, I'm manifesting that you don't get to sit in the front seat. That's not how it works, y'all. Like, we don't do that, you know? It's not, yeah. But that's that's their vernacular. That's how they talk. They're like, I am going to visualize that I get more ice cream than you. And I'm like, guys, like, for real? Like, can we do that? It's hilarious hilarious it's so that's no minor half there yeah it's like they're they still no matter what you do and say that's how they use everything they'll be behind the scenes like 
I'm going to bite your face. I'm like, why? Where did you get that idea from? And then we're, and then in the next thing, it's like, I had them watching Mind Your Manners on Netflix, which is not a children's show, but it's fine. Um, and so then they'll sit down and be like, I'm going to eat my egg elegantly. <laughs> you all. So the small humans are space aliens, but it's also such a nice example that we can, we can be anything we want to. We can, I mean, I don't know that you and I are going to threaten to bite anybody's face because we're grownups, but I don't know. You can, how I feel. <laughs> you can be the person that, you know, wants to bite a face and also wants to eat their egg elegantly. Although now that sounds like Hannibal Lecter which I guess does, is fitting for the conversation. <laughs> See, and that's where, but, but that's also the point that you can be disparate things yeah. and create an umbrella. There's like an umbrella, there's a messaging for everything, no matter how weird it is. You can take two things that sound totally weird, put them together, and now you have a personal brand. Oh my God. So in college, we did this thing. I don't know why it took us so long. It took like four pages or something, but we tried to connect Will Smith, I think, to, I forget who it was we were trying to connect. And we went through so many, I mean, I didn't even know I saw this many movies. And we were trying, Uh, I think it was, it was George Clooney. I don't know. It was somebody, but it was like, it took so many pages. And I looked back at it a couple of years ago and I was like, I could have done that in six. Like, totally. So silly. But like, we had so much fun. Like, and this is connected to that is connected to like, we were just like, so excited. I think the power was out or something. That's like, what we were doing. But also like, it was 2001, two when I was in college. Right. So, okay. Like it was like cell phones were like the little Nokia where it's like you press yes. for 65 times, you know, and I played Sims we in my quick. dorm for like 10 hours a day. So, I mean, that was my, that was my life. Um, but I have a question. So when it comes to your kids, do you feel like you're literally walking around with like the worst, like skeleton closet people like on the planet? Like, so a couple weeks ago, we drove up to Goodwill to get rid of a bunch of stuff after we did mm-hmm. some decluttering and we opened the trunk and the feet or the, the hatch and the people come over to get this stuff. And in the time it took them to come over to my car, my daughter's like, we haven't eaten lunch today. We've been cleaning all day. My mom and dad didn't wake up today until blah, blah, blah. Like this, you know, my brother like ate a dog <laughs> yesterday. And like my, in, my grandparents said that they aren't coming over this weekend because they don't want to drive. And I'm just like, yeah, some of the stuff that they'll say, you're like, don't, please don't, don't say that. Don't wait. No. And the, yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, my kids will say something like, we don't talk about Jesus. We're Jewish. <laughs> we went to a funeral and they were talking about, you know, something to do with Jesus and, the, and the whatever and going back yeah. to Jesus. And my kids are like, no. <laughs> like, Can you just not? Can you just not? Like, like this side of the family very much believes in Jesus. Like that's their thing. Like that's it. Like, yeah. vibe. like, can you just, can you just, and we're not like anti that, but they're like, yeah. <gasps> we're Jewish. We can't do that. And I'm like, that's not a thing. Like relax, relax. That is amazing. No, we actually had a funny, so we go to Christian church. Jonathan's heritage is Jewish. And then of course I believe in energetics and all of it. It's all, it's, it's all real. So, so the kids will be like, actually funny story. My seven year, eight year old really wanted to make jello Legos. I was like, we don't have any molds and we're at my mother-in-law's right now. So it's like, I'm not going to buy molds, but I let her buy Jell-O 
I bought Jello for her plain gelatin, and I bought some fruit juice because you could mix it together to make, you know. And then, like the next day, uh, I saw free molds, including a Lego one. So I got them. I was like, well, clearly you manifested this. So like, we'll we'll talk about things in that way. But, and we explained that like different people believe different things. Uh, And so, but it was amazing. We were at like a, this is a number of years ago now, but we were at my in-laws for a, I forget which Jewish holiday, one of the, one of the three hour dinners. So I feel like they're all three hour dinners. So we're at one of those and they asked some question about like, and do you know who God is? And my oldest at the time was probably four or five. And she goes, Jesus. And the whole table just like died laughing. Cause it was like, I was like, oh, this is, and, but it was so cute because her grandpa's like, uh, like thinking face because you know you're not like you're not gonna argue with a or be like well actually so he's like I okay yes and then just continued it was just it was it was very funny sometimes when you see these accidental culture clashes because we do it's like we want them to be exposed to their heritage and and honestly the the only thing that's important to us is really that they have an actual faith basis it is important right. to but they know that mom know. and dad are protected but they know that they don't yes. have to worry at night that some like they, they know they're safe they need yes. to know they're safe yes that there is and that there's a higher higher power higher there's a plan yes mm-hmm. and um yeah because when things get hard and you don't have that you don't have a, a, any form of a faith foundation Right. Then that is hard. So it's like, so that's the interesting thing is helping, helping them create that, but without incorporating stuff that's going to cause them shame, judgment, trying to, to live within somebody else's group. I also don't want, you know, goodwill to call CPS on me because my kid said so. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I will say to Jonathan, I'm like, you can't joke about that. Don't joke about that. Don't want, don't want, because I had a friend who was just sleep training her baby and not even the cry it out method. But she was in an apartment building and they called, uh, CPS got called on her. So she was just like terrified after that. And I was like, that's so unfortunate. I had CPS called on me once and it was a very unfortunate, awkward situation. They came in, they looked around and they were like, I'm so sorry that we bothered you. But honestly, it was really good that it happened for two reasons. Number one, because I got over my fear of thinking that like there's this you know, entity that can just swoop in and take your kids. Yeah. Not how it works. But number two, because of them coming, they got to see my son and I didn't really know what to do with him because, you know, he had special needs and I was, he was still so little and there wasn't anything medical going on. So I wasn't really sure how to deal with the cognitive and they were actually the ones who suggested babies can't wait. And so, which is the um, Georgia version of like, not early intervention, but like the little, you know, the program And so he got so much support. And if it hadn't been for somebody calling CPS on me out of, you know, spite or whatever, it was the things he said were ridiculous. If it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to have that experience of meeting those people who then became a crucial part of us getting him to his next level. So I can't, I mean, I'm mad at her, right? I'm I'm still mad at that. But at the same time, I can't be mad at the system because in that, the system worked. See, and then that goes, but that's such a good example of this is happening for us. Right. 
And it was, and it wasn't about me being bad. It was about them saying, Hey, can we help? Like, it's not mm-hmm. always, Oh my God, you're a terrible human. It's more like mm-hmm. you need help. And mm-hmm. at the time we did, and it turned out, you know, we went through this rabbit hole and he ends up having a rare disease, not a disease, a rare disorder, right? Cause he has, mm-hmm. a- Oh, I don't even know if he knew that. Yeah. So he has mm-hmm. a chromosomal disorder. He's three. Um, and he doesn't walk, he doesn't talk, he doesn't do any of those things yet. Um, Mm -hmm. because he has what's called a manual syndrome. And so his 11th and 22 chromosome like flipped and Mm -hmm. or something they're imbalanced. Um, but I adore him and Mm -hmm. getting him the, you know, the resources that he had, he's now able to stand and, you know, Mm -hmm. he may walk at some point. I mean, he has all the mechanics to do so. Um, God, we really went down a tangent this time. Like I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't know we were going to go to like, you know, Guatemala. I thought we'd like. It's, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. We did because on the subject of, I didn't do. So when you've done pregnancies, you haven't done the genetic testing on them. So I did one kid number three, only because I'd had easy pregnancy, not easy. My pregnancies are like, I'm incapacitated with however you pronounce it. Hyperemesis. Yeah, I had had easy too. Yeah. And then pubic symphysis pain and like all of, I mean, horrible. So, but, but no like medical, nothing of the internal stuff. No interventions. Yeah. Needed. Yeah. So I thought that it was just going to tell me the baby sex. So it comes back and they butchered how they were supposed to handle it. Baby had a 9% risk of Turner's, um, but they told me the baby had Turner's, which then automatically they tell you the um baby sex so I was like that's how I found out she was a girl which normally we just wait till delivery because we do home uh home birth or birth center or whatever yeah we do so, birth center. so that's the one time we did it but it was interesting because uh then it then it came it turned out that it was just a nine percent chance and then it's like well do we do amnio to find out or you just track the ultrasound so we just paid attention to the ultrasounds everything looked fine but she's tiny compared to the others. So as so there is that conversation that we have, we go, well, do we do the blood work? Because it really only matters once puberty hits. Right. And this, but this is fascinating too. This is why in colleges, when people are doing, when, when students are learning, even in lab settings about chromosomes, they don't let the kids test themselves. They don't let the college students test themselves. Because there is such a high incidence of people with chromosomal abnormalities and they don't know. And finding out accidentally in a college setting is not how they want it to happen. So because there is, so when I I went down that rabbit hole uh, and you find out that it could have been me, there's plenty of people that never find out that they have these abnormalities. Never find out until maybe they're pregnant or something else happens or they test because of it. I mean, it's such a that's what I happened think- with me. I, I remember my mom saying when I was a little girl, something about my dad, they checked something with the amnio with my brother and they found out my dad was a carrier and they, my brother wasn't, but they weren't sure if I was. And then I like forgot about it for years. Yeah. And I remember now it was balanced translocation and it actually is what my son has. And out of five kids, he was the only one to have it. I think it's a 6% chance. Wow. Um, and he has it. And I guess with the next generation, it's like a 50% chance or something. I'm not really sure. Maybe wow. it's just with him. 
but because I, I'm, yeah, that's necessarily going to be a thing, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm the carrier. And, um, if my husband was a carrier too, then all of our kids would have it, which they don't. But the reason, so the reason that we didn't do, we did the PKU with him. We did the PKU yeah. with our first child and we did it with him. And it's because I actually have a friend who, um, her son has, um, spinal muscular atrophy Mm-hmm. And she fought really hard to get the SMA test added to the PKU in Florida. She like did this whole lobbying thing um, to get it added because of the fact that her son had it and her daughter has it too. And she has the medicine for it. So she isn't, does, isn't affected in the same way. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So if it's something that they can catch something on the PKU and potentially stop something, okay, then I'm on board. And so I ended Mm -hmm. up doing the PKU with him. His PKU came back great, except that it had a high level of the cystic fibrosis, something like it looked like birth trauma, I guess, but then they obviously Mm -hmm. have cystic fibrosis, but that was like what the PKU said could be a potential problem. But all that to say, like, you don't do those things, those interventions, because you're like, I'm going to love you no matter what. And then you do them and you're like, oh my God, thank God I did it, you know? Right. Yeah, it's so we opted out of we didn't do any testing with number four. I mean, we're, we went we did the ultrasounds, but it's just like, what are you going to do about it? You're not going to, you're not going to, you know, some people would, yeah. but we're not yeah. those people. So yeah, what's, yeah. what's the point? So, Worrying about it for however many months? Right. Yeah. So I just got ultrasounds were all fine. Like we had no idea. Fascinating. So anyway, I, now now we're I don't know now we're an Antarctica. Now we're really on a tangent. So let's bring it back to what the heck you do. Um, oh so, gosh, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about what's good. Mm-hmm. I mean the 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 I'm like the longest version, the shortest version of the long version. Um, ultimately, we became online entrepreneurs because we wanted to do something that wasn't as soul sucking as waiting tables while we were actors. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have a big family and travel and do all the things. Like we didn't have a family when we met, obviously, but we traveled and we did something and we pursued acting and had adventures. And so we wanted to maintain that lifestyle and working online or for ourselves seemed like the best way to do it. Um, just, I mean, for as chaotic or hectic entrepreneurship can be, it's still easier than the stress of trying to ask for off work from a boss who doesn't, who doesn't care, you know, that, that hamster wheel of trying to please a boss um, just so you can make money is, is not something that, although that won't, that's not to say that I still don't sometimes go, if I got a job, <laughs> that fantasy after 10 years of, of, you know, braving the wilderness, I can see. I'm like, ah, it's like, it's like when you're in childbirth and you're doing natural childbirth, but you fantasize about the idea of the epidural. Like that's, that's how a cool job sounds to me. Um, Oh my God. You just made my stomach hurt. Like just thinking about (laughs) childbirth. I'm like, no more. No. So the uterus is having sympathy contractions over here. That's hilarious. Um, but yes so that was the starting point for us and so fast forward all all this time what I am really uh, I guess unparalleled is that is that can you describe your work as unparalleled what I'm uh, really solid at shoulders off right (laughs) it's that 
what's your market message or your brand message, but not in a way that's like, hmm, what's your tagline? It's in the, what's the thing that makes you magnetic, that makes people come to you? And that can Secret be sauce. any number. Yeah, it could be any, because everybody has it, but people forget. People, there's usually something that, that somebody's forgetting to tie in from their past to now that suddenly makes everything make sense. So, uh, so funny story, just to yeah. interject here. Yeah. On your human design, your yeah. conscious Saturn is that. So if you like geek <laughs> out and learn like human design in yeah. like literally every client, be like, okay, what's your Saturn? And also their yeah. Mercury too, but their Saturn is their secret sauce. It's like how they're supposed to do their magic. Whoa. You can literally just distill it down to that. What? Okay. I have to look that up. Um, Cause I literally did. I printed everybody in our family's human design charts um, and they're all up on the wall. And then not Saturn, course, Uranus, I, sorry, Uranus. Not oh, Saturn. okay. I have not looked at them in like, I don't know, three weeks. Cause it's been the one bonkers. that looks like a little toilet. Okay. Now I'm very curious. I'm going to go look, I will definitely look this up because that is, it's like somebody, usually they're not tying something in, right. which is also why I find human design so useful is when people are, for me, it's mostly validating, um, Permission. But sometimes, yes. And then sometimes it's pointing out like, this isn't a bad thing. Or in the case of you and I've talked about this too, like in the relationship, when you go, oh, you're this way, I'm this way, neither one of us is wrong for it. Um, but just having a language around it can make it easier. Similar, that's how brand messaging is in the business. Sometimes it's, think about like, we have these clients that have this nutrition program. And one of the things that people struggle with is the sheer amount of green things, veggies, greens that you eat. So we're like, okay, let's just, but instead of of ignoring or pretending it doesn't exist, they're like, well, yeah, we do it. We're not going to complain about it. Uh, We came up with a hashtag, embrace the greens, like the military embrace the suck. So it's embrace the greens. Like this is just now we're, and so that it creates humor and connection instead of sometimes people feel like they're they're failing or they feel bad for not liking it. It's like, no, no, this might suck. It might feel like it sucks sometimes. So we're going to label it. So my room is like, no, Sasha, no. <laughs> you don't like greens, not lots of greens. No, I just mean that my sacrum's like, we don't embrace things we don't like. We just turn them into things mm-hmm. we like. That's funny. I like that. Uh, but it is, it, it is key for, and it's also key to know the culture of your people, right? Mm-hmm. So it can be any, whatever, that's an interesting piece too, is what is the culture of the community or what is the culture of the community you want to create? And is it internal? Sometimes it's internal language. Sometimes it's the naming of like, oh, oftentimes people do visibility and then they don't understand why it's not growing their business. So what are the ways that you could tie whatever your signature talk is about into a lead magnet, into a cross, whether it's in person to online um, and vice versa, but really creating a smooth client acquisition process through these strategies and words. So it's not very, uh, it's not like a three-step process and it's not conventional marketing by any means. Which I love because let's be real, (laughs) conventional is boring and I hate it. Oh my gosh. It does not work and that's an interesting conversation I've been having uh because I'm not I'm taking one-on-one clients but really I'm not the new my new shift again because I'm always shifting is that I'm not actually marketing I'm marketing 
my program, which is still includes Q and A access, and I'm still. Oh yeah, let's start talking everybody. about links because people are going to get antsy about how they can go find you. So let's. Talk oh oh. So Just, we've got this is you right. Um, I can't see it, but I'm going to assume yes. Any of the links are me. I did the group is our Facebook group. Um, okay, one group, and that's a, and that's a solid place to come and hang out. That's the group. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So with that, it's like. I'm focused on our blueprint. And then if somebody comes in or comes into my world and they want to work with me, but I'm not actively selling the one-on-one because here's something interesting that happens. When people come to me for marketing, oftentimes there's an upstream thing that is going to help them make more money. So it could just be the language like this, but people often come to me because they're like marketing, help with marketing. But there is no, I, I refuse to do busy work. I just refuse. Like if I became an entrepreneur because I want to have kids and do acting, the last thing we're doing is busy work. Even if you want to do busy work, we're not doing it. So it's none of the usual metrics. And like, yes, take a snapshot of where all your stuff is at, your revenue, all the things, but you should be doing that anyway, right? So Mm -hmm. take a snapshot, get your baseline. But now we're going to, what's the next thing? So something interesting that I found that I was lamenting was I was like, okay. So I thought as long as I get people results, they're going to resign. Because there's always more to work on. But what I found is that people, even if people are getting results, which most of them are getting great results, um, they're still not resigning. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I am I? Okay, you you tell me your theory. I think I, I have a different I have a theory, but let's hear yours. Okay, so as a person with attention deficit, yeah, even when something's working, my yeah. brain gets bored. And it's like, you need to go in a different direction. Like even if that thing is working and I'm getting results and I'm making more money, my brain's like, yeah, "Yeah, but we got to go do something different because this has now become mundane. Exactly. And so I have to like totally revolutionize what I'm doing. Even if it's just changing a couple of variables, we call it re sparkalizing. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So that's definitely, you tell me your reason. That's a huge, that's a huge part of it. So I was talking with one of my friends and they, they classify people as intensives or expansives. Expansives are the people that like, if you have a 30 hour project, you're going to do two hours a day for like, I don't know, I was going to say the rest of your life, but it's, you know, two weeks, you and I, we, yeah, we roll our eyes. I am an intensive. I'm surrounded by intensives. We're going to do it. We're going to knock it out. Either I'm going to do it the first three days so that I don't beat myself up for two weeks. But, you know, most people are going to do it at the end of the two weeks and they're going to beat themselves up until then. It's one or the other. These are intensives. So in, I tend to attract intensives. So one thing, it doesn't matter. Jonathan's the same way. If he's getting results, he's, it doesn't matter. He's not going to resign. He wants to do something new. <laughs> he has ADHD too. That's the thing. He wants to do something new. Does not matter. So there's that. And then there's also the piece that if people are coming to me for marketing and they're seeing online, everybody talking about your plan, your marketing plan, and your metrics, and your deliverables. And I refuse to do any of that. It doesn't matter if they're getting results. <laughs> they want their deliverables, and they want those things. So after people leave me, what they usually do is hire a copywriter, hire, they do some like very measurable thing, or they'll hire like, I, I, I'm a huge fan of if I know the person is not if I know after me, they need something else, I will refer it. So I've been, I've gone like, okay, you should go and do Kelly Roach, which is a super go, go, go do these things. And the funniest thing is when I said to a client, I was like, I think it'd be a good fit for Kelly Roach. She's like, I just signed up. I was like, okay. I had, so, I had a potential client come to me the other day and say, oh my yeah. God, you should come try this and be my guest. And I'm like, no, thanks. No, <laughs> no, I have, I have 
hundreds of thousands of dollars of courses with cobwebs on them of things that yeah. I should have done that I haven't. No, no, I won't no. do it. So don't. No, and, and there's freedom now and that no, thank you. So, but I will refer, I'll send people out. Mm -hmm. But that's the interesting thing is sometimes there are people that like they're, you can tell they have a physical need for that. Cool. Here's, here's the direction that I'm going to recommend. But yeah, it's, it's usually somebody who's going to give them a deliverable. So it's a combination of those two things, which I was like, well, that's fascinating. But that's why for me, then the natural, like you and I, we want our work to have results. And then when we're having results, we want to continue because there's a next level. There's always another level for somebody. Um, and you and I can take people through them. But if somebody's want, I was like, okay, well, that's not. And I think if we look at it from the, per I think there's some scarcity there for both of us, right? Like, cause we're mm. like, oh gosh, if I get rid of this, I already know this person, I'm comfy. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, we're almost like telling the universe, please give me a reality where there aren't people waiting in the pipeline. So consider mm. it like if you were a person who trained baby dogs to become mm -hmm. seeing eye dogs, you only have them for a year and then they're gone. They're off to their handler. And yeah, you a new puppy to take care of. And you don't mm -hmm. get to keep them. You just don't. But you also mm -hmm. know that you work for a company and there's a steady stream of new. So mm -hmm. I would invite you to look at that a little bit. And by you, I mean us. <laughs> like, yes. Like, where is that scarcity of like, oh, gosh, I got this person to this level, mm -hmm. you know, where they feel like they've got the, the legs to go where they need to go. It's not up to mm -hmm. me to decide if they're ready or not. It's them. Mm -hmm. And now who's waiting in the wings to come in and get that fresh where, and really, if we're being honest, and I know this is the yeah. longest podcast episode of my life, but I love it. If we're being really honest, we yeah. thrive more in that exciting, fresh, new, new too with them, where it's like that fun and that excitement and that, oh, here's a new idea. And here's yeah. something that I can mold and craft and change and get the aha. The ahas get fewer and far between the more that they start to immerse themselves in the work. That's interesting. I am very curious about the idea too of- I feel like we need to have like a whole mastermind call with just me and you like <laughs> off of the podcast where we like talk about this. Cause I'm looking at the time and I'm like, we haven't even talked about any of your stuff. And I like want to make sure that we do that. But oh my gosh. Final I'll thought follow your lead. I'll follow your lead, whatever you want to cover. Well, I'm I just feel like we could literally like, we could have a marathon podcast. Like we could- Probably. and sleep in this chair and <laughs> we would be happy as clams. Okay. So yeah. you can't see any of this. So this is her Instagram. Talk about your Instagram real quick. Yes. So Instagram is just Sasha does things, but that's S-A-S-C-H-A. I am. Oh, it's on the screen. I just mean talk about like what it is and what's there. Oh yeah. Well, just, just my Instagram. What do you okay. Mean? Perfect. That's her Instagram. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then this is her website. Yes, what's good.co is about to be redone or it's in process. So within the next month or so, it will be up. It'll be magical and it's all things Jonathan I and I. And then lead magnet. Yes. So 145 content ideas no one else is sharing. Uh, because you don't need a content calendar to actually generate revenue that's going to work. You need to to create content that builds your authority and visibility and and creates clarity for your audience about what you're doing. And so this is all these ideas that'll help you do that. I love that. I love all of it. I am so obsessed with all things Sasha <laughs> and Jonathan and all of the little Sloshberg ets. And <laughs> yeah. you know, I call my kids the Muppets. 
So I don't know if you have like a like a term for yours, but I call them everything: chicken nuggets, ladybugs, muffins, squishmallows. Like there's eight tons. Of <laughs> I love it. We like literally live the same life on two different coasts, and I'm so yeah. here for it. Oh my gosh, Sasha! Thank you so much for being here. This has been spectacular we'll have to do a part two sometime where we actually talk about this (laughs) well we're gonna have to pick up where we left off in the future because then you and I both will have all sorts of next level clarity on what we just discussed because we opened a big can of worms so we opened a very big can and I'll be back to tie up that can with you in a couple minutes so hang tight Thank you so much for being here, Sasha. You have been absolutely amazing. We loved having you. And that'll do it for this very long, very delicious episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, Dream Builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? more human design, law of attraction, and manifestation, then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.